0: Welcome to Fold in the Cheese, the recipe for fantasy football success. We are your hosts, two average dudes, watched a lot of football, played a lot of fantasy football, and our wives told us to get real jobs.
1: And uh, we said pass. We'd much rather talk about football instead, so here we are. Uh, this is a podcast for those who are just starting in the fantasy football. We want to bring some knowledge to help you get started. We'll be here along with you on the whole journey throughout the season, checking in Checking in with players and seeing who we should sit, who we should start, all that fun stuff. And for those who are a little more advanced, don't worry, we got some stuff for you too.
0: Yeah, so if you're a casual fantasy player and you're tired of not winning, we're going to change that for you. If you've never played before and you feel like, hey, I think I'd like to play this and I think I'd like to win my first time through, we're here for you too. Let's make this happen. Get some W's. Let's get it. Welcome back to Fold in the Cheese. It's your boy K Troll on the mic. Today, we got a special episode, y'all. I am joined by the other two members of the Wolf Pack. I've got Stu and Alan.
2: When Doug introduced me to you guys, I thought, wait a second, could it be? And now I know for sure, I just added two more guys to my wolf pack.
0: Ethan Gelfand and Dan
1: (laughs) Skudlapski. Dan, for better off. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's happening, boys? Dan, welcome to the show, man. Welcome.
2: Yeah. First, long time,
1: uh, first time, long time,
2: uh, first time on long time listener. Uh, I'm happy to say that uh, Folding the Cheese was my number one podcast for the year uh, on oh, Spotify. Oh, yeah. oh, so yes. that is all the credentials that I, I think I need to be here. Uh, <laughs> it's a dream. To, it's a dream to meet both of you. But oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, wow. It was, awesome. it was top three for me.
1: It was. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have a pretty in-depth vetting process. So once we just saw Spotify number one, yep, you're in. You're on. Let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah, we grabbed all of our top listeners and um,
1: we did a random drawing
0: and mm-hmm. um, all the names in the were Dan, so we just we jumped him right in there. <laughs> yeah, all it was, 30 it was names.
2: A good boy. It was a
0: good boy. Nice. Dan is a seasoned podcaster, runs a podcast for the Better Off Network as well. Dan, tell us a little bit about what you got going on over there.
2: Yeah, so um, so obviously, as as most of your listeners should know, better off is the uh, the app that we have been partnering up with fold and the cheese. Um, it's basically just a sports betting app, whether you're a new sports better, old sports better. Um, it's going to give you picks to follow. It's going to give people who you should be following who are picking. Well, it should you should be able to break down. Um, who you want to follow based on, you know, certain games or certain leagues, stuff like that. Uh, But if you're also new to sports betting, you know, it's kind of a way to get a feel for sports betting, put some picks in, you know, give it kind of a dry run before actually throwing any money out there. So it's kind of tailored, uh, you know, toward new sports bettors uh, in a way to kind of get their feet wet and get into it. Um, What I'm doing over with the uh, over at Better Off is, yeah, like you mentioned, I do a podcast every week. Uh, with a with a pretty popular Twitter um, Twitter handicappers name's uh, Bob Stanley or Prop Holiday. Uh, and we go over one game one NFL game a week. Uh, it's usually the marquee matchup. So it, it, during the season it was a Thursday night game or a Monday night game. Um, but we're going over uh, into the playoffs and stuff. so we'll be doing just it's like a 20 30 minute once a week, go over the entire slate for the for the uh, playoff weekend. I uh, will give you all the bets, all the parlays, all the straights. I, you know, I'm not telling you they're going to win, but we're going to give them to you. Uh, you <laughs> know, you make you make the call. <laughs> you make the call. Gamble responsibly, not. <laughs> yeah. of course. It is always.
1: gambling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the name the good.
2: name of the game is gambling. Um, but uh, yeah. So if if you're interested in, in checking that out, go over to our Twitter at at Better Off Sports. Um, and uh, yeah. But it's we've been we've been very fortunate to be able to. Get in early on the fold in the cheese train, and uh, <laughs> looking forward to uh, the uh, the extended partnership. So, um, yeah, if you want to go check that out, hit us up at Better Off Sports on Twitter, uh, or download the Better Off app and be a better better today. Be a that's, better better. That's what that's I? Ethan' impression.
1: I, I love that <laughs> tagline. Be a better better. better be better be a better better. So you There's know, you talk name. about marquee matchups. You probably did all the Texans and Jaguars matchups, right? I mean, there were two of them, so you probably did both.
2: Well, the, the the issue with you know during the regular season we were doing the Thursday night matchups like that was because not a lot of people you're talking marquee do,
1: games. Marquee is we, Texas, we had
2: Jacks. you know we, yes we had <laughs> yes. we had Jags Bengals early in the season we had that Carolina Houston I think that was week three.
1: Yummy <inaudible> these bangers these Thursday
2: night matchups this year were horrendous so it was kind of funny <laughs> uh, we had maybe like two, like the the, the Chiefs. Chargers was a good one. Uh, and then the but we had like the Colts Jets blow out. Uh, we had just awful Thursday night game. So we, we, did, we did our best. Broncos Browns was like a low scoring kind of affair. Like don't um, you be have... smirking with Mike White and Josh Johnson. That's true. <laughs> I know you guys are you guys are behind them. But like literally week one was whoa, whoa. amazing, right? right. Yeah. Cowboys, box. Cowboys, we were like, Bucks. Oh, is amazing. You're we like, this is gonna be awesome. And then let's see, week two we they followed it up with Washington football team at Giants, and then <laughs> we went Panthers Texans, <laughs> and then Jags Bengals. Like Thursday nights were it was tough, but um, playoffs <laughs> we're happy to be covering the playoffs. Although a lot of playoff um, games look similar to those, so let's see. True,
1: yeah, we won't talk about my. Well, we will talk about my Patriots. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I've, I've been introducing Kemp to Gridiron Heights on Bleacher Report. Dan, do you ever watch that that web series? So. Yeah. If you do or you don't, there was an episode they did a couple years back where they were like making fun of the Thursday night matchups and how basically no one wants to play them. And so I think this is before the Titans were good. The Titans were like, we'll play. And then you see Gardner Minshew break through like, let's go. It's just <laughs> something like that. It's like, that's perfect. Prime time for Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania. Let's go. And Minchu the worst on Thursday
0: is good stuff. The worst part yes. about
1: it was that me and
2: my friends would go out on Thursday nights to watch the games and they were all horrible games. Uh yes. Dolphin I didn't even mention the Dolphins Ravens game. Oh <laughs> good. Hey, lord. We went well, out. We Bateman, out number one. Banger
0: number one.
2: We got a table. We all were like, let's put some bottle bets service. in. Yeah, look, you know, Mark Andrews, two TDs, you know, let's Lamar's gonna have a big day. 22 10 dolphins. Everybody's out. <laughs> we're out. We're we're on our third beer pitcher because the game was so horrible. And then yeah, it's just That's why you got to do the
0: parlay bets though. Honestly, like that, honestly, they're better for, for those shitty games because you're like, I need something that's going to keep my interest here. That's the beauty of sports (laughs) betting in general. So I think it's, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you need it for those games more than others. I will say one thing you guys do really cool on Twitter is they put their parlay out there. They let the fans help decide the third leg of the parlay, which I've been participating in. It's been a lot of fun. They put a whole parlay together and all you do is follow it, retweet it. If it hits, they're going to draw a winner. You get the winning payout for if it does hit. It's a, it's a cool interactive idea. I thought that was pretty neat.
2: Yeah, just don't ask me how this past week's one went because I, I choked. I choked. <laughs> I choked. We had a three-leg parlay. Uh, the guy who I hosted with picked... Um, well, da- he picked Darren Waller's longest reception over 22.5 yards, and he had a wow. 23-yard reception on that last <laughs> drive yeah with yep. a minute left i was like all right well thank god it's gonna be dead it's not my fault darren waller 23 yard reception i was like okay well it's it's not it's not my, my fault yet the community <laughs> the twitter followers picked gronk touchdown so i was like okay <laughs> shoot what's my what's my leg to win it all you ask steelers plus 12 and a half oh oh and i just yeah no no, but that's a Mike yeah, Tyson punch to the face, yeah. We're, so, I'm, I'm gonna just start picking wild legs. So, if it doesn't hit, it's like not my fault. Um, <laughs> my fault. but yeah, if, if that's I'm gonna pick like plus 700 leg just to be like, hey, it was plus 700, what do you expect? Um, but yeah, if that's something that it, anyone would be interested in again, over up on our Twitter, uh, that'll be up right before the weekend, uh, and you'll be able to pick. Uh, the third leg and and pick whatever odds you want on it. And then if it hits, you can win. So, Boom. yeah,
0: I, I love it. Is. Let's recap this week's games. We had a wild card weekend. Playoffs,
1: Ethan. Oh, just trying to Playoffs? win a game. A lot, a lot of people didn't win a game.
0: A lot of people didn't win a game. All right. So the first game was interesting. We had this Vegas Cincinnati game. Apparently, everyone's all out of sorts about the officiating. Um, the play that they're really mad about the the burrow touchdown i mean dude no whistle is going to stop that close to the end of the play no whistle is going to stop the outcome of that play like that's garbage i don't know why they're so upset yeah. about it but anyway the um the Bengals pulled it off um despite some late game attempted heroics from vegas pretty entertaining game a lower scoring game than i expected the defenses kind of both well, showed up here
1: they both did show up what was just so crazy is you know we were watching that game And the Bengals should have been up by like, it was like 20, they should have been up 28 to three, but they just kept settling for field goals. And I don't know if it was just, you know, oh my gosh, it's playoff time. We got to get a little more conservative. If Zach Taylor was like, this is my first time in the playoffs ever. This is the first time we could win in 31 years. Like if you just kind of get tighter and it just seemed like they were playing so tight right then. Just they kicked what three field goals in a row when those could have easily been touchdowns and they could have just yep. put the game away. So it was just kind of bizarre to see for a team that's been so high octane. So just kind of like fun to watch, kind of free flowing burrow slinging it, mixing just like crushing in the middle. And they just got tight. Jamar chase. I feel like didn't get involved until the second half where finally he started showing up a little bit, but still um, it should not have been as close as it was. Definitely not because of officiating. Um, so it was just interesting to see that, how that dynamic kind of broke out.
0: Yeah, I think you you will see and have seen already. There's a slight shift in philosophies when you get into the playoffs. You know, some teams, they start to clam up like that. And all these guys who like it would have been in- really interesting to see Brandon Staley in the playoffs to see if he still would have stuck to that <laughs> wild card. Like go for everything, go for two, all that kind of stuff. Like there's just a lot more on the line right now. And you don't you don't yeah. want to blow it. And if if I'm Cincy and I've made four straight trips to the red zone. I probably have the confidence that hey, we can get here again. And if if right. push comes to shove, and we're going to have to punch one of these in, I'll go for it. But knowing that I'm pretty much dominating that game, I'll chip away and take the points too. It's probably the right probably the right move. But it was interesting because you're thinking this game's going to be an absolute blowout, and time and time again, the Raiders' defense, you know, on the goal line or in the red zone, stiffened up just enough. And they've got some good mm-hmm. players, you know, but they do. I don't know. It, it did seem a little conservative from Cincinnati. Um, I'd be really curious to see them full throttle, which we might see. Hopefully we don't in Nashville here next weekend. But, yeah, that's a dangerous team, man. Their defense actually looked really good for the first time maybe all year. And I'm surprised at that and curious to see how that looks going forward.
1: I just wonder if maybe the Reigns are going to be taking off a little bit of Cincinnati. It's kind of like they got that monkey off their back. They got the first playoff win in 31 years. They won at home against a team that uh, a Raiders team, which maybe shouldn't have been there, but they proved at the end they should have. So maybe it's just kind of like, okay, we got it under our belt. Now we can really kind of get back to what got us here in the first place. So maybe they just kind of play with house money going into Tennessee because they're probably not going to be favored to win playing in a, in a tough Tennessee place. So maybe they'll be like, okay, let's go back to the basics of how we got here, make it fun, make it exciting. Let's just go full throttle. So it'll be interesting to see.
0: That's what they were saying last night on the uh, the Rams Cardinals game about Stafford. It's kind of like okay, he's got that monkey off his back. The Manning yep. cast was talking about it a lot. First playoff win, the pressure of the media coming at you about can you do it? Are you going to make it happen? That's gone. You know, and I mean they, the pressure of got...
1: Kemper Troll saying those same exact things. Maddie Stafford, yeah, I, called him, I called
0: him a choke artist for sure. He we'll did. see what happens when he goes to Tampa, but uh, but yeah, I think the same thing. Same thing with the Bengals. You're right. That pressure is kind of off, and at this point they're not going to be expected to win. And at this point it should be loose, you know, let it fly. And that's, that is dangerous to me. Knowing Joe Burrow's history, that kind of scares me, you know, because we just let him go. Anything can happen on either side. True. Very true. So we'll see. Bills look pretty unstoppable. They absolutely crushed the Patriots, man. I hated it for you. <laughs> I get to watch you firsthand uh, endure that punishment. Josh Allen oh just my went God. off. It was so I
1: brutal. I mean, they see any issues I mean, with
0: circulation with him. I don't know. I didn't see. His feet didn't <laughs> I mean, he cold. must.
1: I think he listened to Bart Scott. I think he might've popped this way. Bart he, he was fine because I was uh, leading up to the game. listening to Mike Greenberg talk about, you know, everyone's saying like Josh Allen is a, is a fine cold weather quarterback, but then he actually started pulling up the stats and it was like any game that was under 32 degrees, which is officially freezing. Obviously he has a completion percentage. that's like 55%. Uh, he's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns and all this. So I was like, oh, okay. I'm starting to feel a little bit better going into this game. So like, oh, he's actually not a good cold weather quarterback. Okay. This will make me feel good. Yeah. What the hell is everybody smoking? Holy shit. The first seven drives are touchdowns. I mean, that's <laughs> some bullshit. <laughs> well, I mean, you're going to counter
0: that with like, he's dominating the Patriots. However, he's doing it. He's he dominated the Patriots. And so, yeah, yeah, maybe he's bad in cold weather, but. Nothing nothing feels better it doesn't than matter. A, it's the, Patriots. <laughs> bringing the Patriots in
1: the town. Yeah, for whatever I mean, reason. And it is it was funny, not funny, but the true backbreaker, and you can say, how can it be a backbreaker when it's in the first quarter? But the Bills just come right down the field, score that initial touchdown on their opening drive. And then the Patriots, they scrapped together a good looking drive like Max scrambled for I think seven or eight yards to get a key first down on third. You know, they were saying, Okay, they punched us in the mouth, let's let's get a little jab back in there. Here we go. And that Mac Jones pass to – was it was Aguilar, right? Or was it Kendrick Bourne? I can't remember. Um, either one of them. It was Aguilar. It looked beautiful. Like, holy shit, they're about to score on this beautiful Mac Jones pass and then gets intercepted out of nowhere. And so that was – it was just incredibly deflating in the sense that, you know, Bills come out, punch you. You think, okay, the Patriots can respond. Minimum, they can to get a field goal. And then, holy shit, they're going to get this touchdown and, and the momentum swing back? Nope. You're done for the yep. game is over. I put on this cape,
0: dude. He came flying through there.
1: Same same exact thing happened to
0: uh, Jalen Hurts um, as well. I saw that happen Sunday. He had a great looking pass to the corner, front corner of the end zone, just when they needed a little bit of a mo- momentum shift and exact same thing happened. You're like, oh, beautiful pass, kind of on the move, squared his shoulders. Last second, dude comes out of nowhere, picks it off. And you're just like, wow, that's a backbreaker.
1: Yeah, Dan, you're a Philly guy, so what what were your thoughts on that Tampa Bay game?
2: I mean, that that play that Kemper just mentioned, wh- that was the game right there. I mean, as soon like what you need before like the last drive before halftime to stay in the game. I think it was 17 nothing at the time. I mean, 17-3, yep. not where you want to be, but okay, you went down the field, you got pointing in the right direction. Yeah. Throwing a pick there, I was like that's it. I was like that's the game. I mean, yeah. Not only was it not a good play for Hertz to throw that, but it wasn't necessary. It's not like it was third and long or whatever. I mean, he could have thrown it away and 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 kept the drive alive. We needed some points there. Um, and I mean, yeah, we came back to and you know, we, Eagles look really good when teams stop trying to play. <laughs> yeah, um, <but laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of been the whole the whole season. Like yesterday, out. that we were. I remember it was 0, or 7, zero and seven or zero and nine against playoff teams this year, and then like Ooh. nine and two against like not playoff teams or something. Like the Philly was in because their schedule is so bad, but yeah. but you know you still get optimistic thinking about the Eagles and the playoffs, underdog, all that stuff. But when yeah. Jalen Hurts throws that interception, you just say like, no, that's the game. And Tom Brady was rolling, you know, no, but you know, that was that was that was that was pretty much the game right there. Those stuff to Dan, I got
1: to Dan, I got to ask you this question because Kemp and I have talked about this guy literally all season. Um, this is a double fan for you because obviously Miles Sanders went to Penn State and now he's on your Eagles. What, I mean, you, you probably know the Eagles way better than we do just because you follow him and all that. What are your thoughts on him, his usage, and kind of like what they did? I know he was hurt a little bit this year, but still, on how the Eagles quote unquote utilized him and didn't. Like, what are your thoughts on him?
2: Well, I mean, I think I don't know whether to look into the stat of him having the most yards without scoring a touchdown deeper than we should. Like, I don't know if that means that we were not utilizing him correctly, like in the red zone, or if he is not a red zone running back. Like, it, it's it's tough for me to, to think that, you know, Miles Sanders is – just as good as everybody else in the red zone, and then you see like Gainwell and Jordan Howard and everybody else getting all these. Austin Scott, yeah, yeah, but like we have Austin
0: Scott a, and Gainwell are like tiny. You know, they're not exactly. even big dudes. So
2: <laughs> it, on, it honestly, I mean, yeah, Sanders. I wouldn't say Sanders didn't have a good year. Obviously, you mentioned yeah, it was kind of marred by injury and stuff. And just the begin the first four or five games with the three running back committee, whatever. Before we figured out the run game, you know, it was tough for him, but. It it's gotten to a point where I, I I do question if Sanders is really like a solo running back. I mean, is he better in a committee because, and I mean, I thought that coming out of college too, like obviously Ethan said, like I watched him play all of his time at Penn state. And when he came out, I was surprised that he was instantly getting thrown into the starting role for the Eagles. Um, but he, he he did well, obviously it was the Wentz era whatever. Um, but wasn't the Wentz era? Did he overlap with Wentz one year? Yeah, one year. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we started with Wentz, whatever. Hertz comes in, you think maybe now that Hertz is more of a rushing threat, maybe Sanders could benefit off of that. But it it just it, it's gotten to the point where it makes me hard to believe it makes it hard to believe that Sanders might <laughs> that all those other running backs can have that sort of success and Sanders right. just something is oh something's you know, the play calling or the offense or whatever is not working. And that it might actually be something that is, but I mean, if he works in committee, he works in committee. Like, yeah.
0: A lot uh, of teams are doing that right now. And that's yeah. not a, that's not necessarily a problem. I'm the more right. I'm talking through it. It kind of comps out for me to like a chase Edmonds situation where like, he's got some okay. good, he's got some good moves. He's got good speed. If you, if you countered him with someone like James Connor and Jordan Howard is a similar runner, but is too slow to compare to James Connor. But like, that's, that's maybe the right combo though. You get him somebody big who can thump it in the in the red zone, and Miles Sanders could be like a totally serviceable back. I think we all coming off of especially coming off of Saquon and the comps to Saquon, we all sort of got our hopes up that he was going to be the next Alvin Kamara type, you know, like shifty, can do it all type player. The injury prone tag definitely hurts, but I'm also just not sure he's he's at the same caliber to be to be honest. Like I think he he looked that good in Big Ten play, and I think we all thought like you know it should be pretty similar, but. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, you know. Guys come out of the same, the same situations, the same same uh, scheme, teams, same, same schemes, yeah. same everything, and they and they may even look the same and the same results, but they end up doing something different. Think of all the Wisconsin running backs that have come into the league; they, they've all come, but he's like <laughs> everyone has has broken the, the previous guy's record of like you know three hundred yeah. rushes in the season and two thousand yards, and and only you know some of them have been successful in various situations, but in the end, someone like Melvin Gordon. Has been like the best one, you know. Um, and then, of course, right now, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. You got Jonathan Taylor now. So, but then you had like Monty Ball for a while, and like before that was like Ron Dane, like totally different runners. James but, like, White, you know, man. James, James White. White. Well, they, they, see, they've all had different roles in the NFL, you know. But they yeah. all came from the exact same yeah. system, and they did the same thing. So, I think we we're quick to compare it to Saquon and, and expect the same thing. But I think Sanders could be like a really, a really solid player if you view him that way. If you think he's going to be your stud and your starter, probably not. But if you think yeah. you're going to get Let's Chase just, Edmonds or Kenyon, Kenyon Drake type production out of him, like that's that's probably more fair.
1: Let's just say it's your fantasy RB two, not a great option, and that was he was mine this year, so that was unfortunate. So I say I think
0: like, I, I still maybe maybe I'm like naive. I still think going forward, maybe maybe RB three, but like I think he's three fine. He's fine to throw in with some other studs. You know, you just yeah, if you're going to go zero here. RB, he, he can't be your guy
2: though. Yeah, but hundred yeah, uh, yeah, percent. Uh, uh, going into next season, right? Say you, if you had to pick between Sanders and Barkley, who would you take? Probably Sanders, right? I mean, well, I mean, it depends I, I, where I, it is, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think, but, the, but it's like the fact that it's like, oh, I might take Miles Sanders over Saquon Barkley. Like, if they
0: were stacked next to each other and I could pick either one, I'd take Barkley. But if right. I had to take Barkley yeah. in the at the end of the first or something and Sanders in the fourth, like I would take Sanders.
2: Yes, you know? yeah,
1: exactly. I think we have yeah. shown that Saquon, unfortunately, is not a first rounder right now which is too bad
2: no 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 it's just but. funny because i said like oh well, coming out backing up saquon like i did it was surprising that you know oh well saquon's obviously starting nfl running back material right sanders comes out i'm like i didn't really see that from him but if you want to compare their first two three years in the nfl you know obviously barkley's very injury prone which is unfortunate <laughs> but i mean sanders had a better year
1: like oh of course he so. did it did. But still gross. Both still gross. Still gross. But regardless. Gross. Uh the Bucks defense looked pretty stout in that game. I think they kind of handled that entire rushing attack, Jalen Hurts included. So Tampa's gonna be scary. They're putting I mean, the defense is when they pick up in the playoffs, and if they continue to do that, I mean, watch out. NFC's got to watch out. Homer. Yeah, I don't know that we got
0: a lot of a great look at their offense. Like to your to your credit, Mike Evans looked great. And but Brady I think he completed passes to nine different receivers. Like he was just throwing yeah. all over the place. But you also saw a lot of drops. Like Perryman dropped some. Um, I don't know what happened to Tyler Johnson, Scotty, Scotty Miller. Like those guys weren't doing a whole lot. So I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what happens to the offense. Um yeah. the rest of the playoffs here.
1: Yeah. I mean, as you said, they've lost so many weapons. So, you know, Brady's going basically going back to old school Patriots mode in the sense that he's got to just find the guys, plug them in when he can and, and get the most out of them. He's going back to his Rochelle Caldwell, his, uh, shoot, who else is on these teams? Like Ken Braille Tompkins, the eras. So when you got Kim Tyler Tompkins, Johnson, wow. Yes. Yep. That's who he was throwing to. So that's a name uh, no one's going to remember <laughs> except for this guy. He went to Cincinnati though. Power five. I mean, uh playoff team right there. Watch out. Playoff Cincinnati. Team, that's right. That's right. <laughs>
0: All right, so we had the uh, Niners and Cowboys. This was, like, I think, probably the big story from the weekend. Um, Wow, what an ending. So you want to talk about officiating here? Maybe you can complain about this one. I've heard both sides of this, right? So the Cowboys are down in this game most of the game. Um, They did not look good. They did storm back to make it a, a pretty close game. They're down six at the very end, and they got the ball. And there's like a minute left. They're moving the ball a little bit. Dak has this really nice like 15 yard run up the middle, no timeouts. There were 14 seconds when the play started. And so he slides, hands the ball to his offensive line,
1: and puts it on the line. ground.
0: But the umpire's got to come in and move the ball. He has to be the last one to <laughs> right. touch it before the line does. So like he has to come in there. He can't get through the line because <laughs> they're all stacked see. together. It just so it's a the line.
1: They're just blocking yeah. everybody. So even the ref. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the the, the Cowboys are trying to spike the ball. Ref can't get through the line. Finally gets around the outside, grabs the ball, moves it back like, you know, a quarter of a yard kind of thing. The whole line has to shift. By the time this all happens, like, um, there's not enough time. Dak, he snaps the ball with like negative one second and spikes it. And I'm just like, it was a debacle. It
1: was a total debacle. debacle. But, okay, I do not put any of that on the ref or like not being able to get the ball in time. you running into the linemen. I don't put any of that on the officiating crew. If you are Mike McCarthy, you have 14 seconds, no timeouts left. The play you call is a QB sneak out the middle. Yes, you got 12, 14 yards, but time, man, like that is just so dumb. I mean, honestly, and this is going to sound ludicrous. That is on par with the Giants doing a QB sneak on third and nine on their own 10. Like both <laughs> are just like, what the hell Jake are you Fry. doing? Yeah. <laughs> Jake so. Frum. Okay.
0: So, yes, there's a lot to unpack with this thing because there's a lot of blame to go around. Um, it sucks. As a player, it sucks that your season is over because of that being a rule, number one, that the ref has to touch the ball. But I get it. Of course he does. Like, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, we were down right here. This is where we're going to take it. You can't yeah. just, like, call your You can't call your own fouls, right? It ain't pick up league. So, obviously, he's got to touch it. Um, it sucks that that happens, right? It sucks that it's a thing. It sucks that it's not really even reviewable. Um, it, 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 sucks that you had a great play to get to that point, And like some, of like all the Cowboys looked like they were hustling, but some of them weren't totally hustling. And I'm like, get your ass on the line.
1: Right. Were they chased? But then, uh, then
0: I'm like, the, it's not, a, not entirely, <laughs> not entirely. <laughs> not Claypool, but it, not it, <laughs> it, it wasn't that far off. It sucks that the ref, like, could like, that's the only guy that could have touched the ball and there wasn't someone closer that could have, maybe could have grabbed it. But at the same time, you you practice this stuff. You know the rules. You play this yes. game professionally and paid millions of dollars to play this game. Like you know he has to spot the ball. Dak has to give the ball to a ref somewhere. He's got to find one. Don't give it to your center. He can't do that. Maybe they said like, "Hey, the center will find the ref or whatever, maybe that's part of their plan." And if so, that's not on Dak as much as it is the center or whatever, but like the center is the smartest guy on the field typically. He's the smartest lineman That dude knows what's up, all right? Granted, he went to go put the ball on the ground like he was going to snap it. He he probably should have known he couldn't do that. But, like, (laughs) you got to find a ref and be like, get over here. Make way. Part the C's. You know, like, get get your line out of the way so this guy can come up here and spot the ball for us. And they just didn't do that at all, and it cost them. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I blame Mike McCarthy because every analyst who played football professionally says we had either a 16-second rule or an 18-second rule. I've heard anything in between there, but not 14 that said, if they're under this amount of time, you don't have enough time to run the ball inbounds anywhere. Like you don't have enough time to get another playoff. If you do that, that's the, that's the biggest issue. I think the second issue is also, it's maybe a minor issue, but I also probably would have said like, let's have two plays ready here. Let's not even go up and spike it. Like if there's any chance you can get the ball off, you might get it off with one second and you might spike it with zero seconds. How much would that (laughs) suck? like an even different issue today we'd be we'd be screaming at like you should have play ready but I think that's the other thing I take away from that is like have another play ready so that you don't right. have to spike it like if the clock runs out after he hands you the ball you still got a chance you got somebody doing something
1: you know Let's talk about uh spiking just quickly going back to a comedic moment in the Patriots bills game when Mac Jones came <laughs> up and he <laughs> fake spiked it and he still got sacked <laughs> like dude. <laughs> that's an like awesome thing you can't do. It's like okay, let's catch one person, rush it, and then one guy who came in ended up sacking. I'm like okay, this blew him guy.
0: up too. Like it, like the line <laughs> didn't even know it was fake spiking. Maybe like it was, it was hilarious. It was, it was just bad. mac
1: But honestly, I'd anyway, rather, rather in that. <laughs> yeah, the
0: Cowboys go down in in what a lot of people say is comedic fashion. It's tragic. It's not the not the end of the season they were looking for. And you know what, though? Honestly, they didn't deserve to win that game. So, sorry. You, you, you didn't deserve to win anyway. You shouldn't have been in that position. You looked exactly. like garbage for the first three quarters,
1: basically. And I don't know what again, happened to that team. C.D. Lamb say, disappears. Again, C.D., Zeke, gone. Like Your studs, except know. for Amari Cooper, were gone. They weren't there. C.D. was the entire second. It's basically C.D. and Zeke the entire second half of the year were just non-factors. It's just. Crazy. I don't.
0: I get it with Zeke because he, he was kind of banged up, and he's getting up there in age for a running backs. So like I, I kind of get that. CD Lamb, like I don't understand. I just don't understand. I don't know. Yeah. I've I've said my piece about him enough in this podcast. <laughs> I don't know if Dan has a magic answer to that. I know he probably hates the Cowboys. I just I don't get it. I don't get CD yeah. Lamb. I don't. I don't get it, man. I don't know why he yeah. didn't touch the ball every play. Let's move it, on. It, it's 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 Let's just funny, on. like.
2: It's just funny how the Cowboys can just do the same thing every year. Like it is every honestly year. wild that Romo they can just used to do this keep stuff consistently win, consistently like be in hunt for the division or go to the playoffs or win the division, whatever, and then just lose. Remember when Romo dropped a PAT? we oh, yeah. PAT the hold, T-hawks. and he
0: tried to scramble off, and he was like the slowest like, guy in the field. <laughs>
2: but if if he had gotten that, I have a theory that if he had gotten that, the whole trajectory of his career would have been different.
0: Maybe, yeah, uh, maybe so. Alternate universe, like, yeah, alternate
2: universe. He run, he dives for that, runs it in. They win hero. the game. They win the Super Bowl. Hero forever. Nick Foles, the 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 pre coming of Nick Foles, like, <laughs> just backup, backup QB hero. Like, but yeah, um, but but it's now just, it's
1: Roma Damas. So now he's just he's a bajillionaire being the best announcer you know it, in co- in football. That's
2: true.
0: He's doing it's what true. he was made to do right now. I'd say yes for sure. All right, let's get to the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs were rolling against the Steelers here, you know? And the Steelers put up a bit of a fight, but.
1: Not 12 yeah, and a half looked, good
0: enough. <laughs> yeah, not good enough. The, right. the Chiefs looked like, like they were right. ready. Five yeah.
1: TDs for Mahomes. Yikes. I mean, this That's is the Mahomes this you don't their, want to see in the playoffs. Exactly. This was their statement saying, hey, Don't forget, we are the class of the AFC. We're peaking at the right time. This is why, and and you're about to go into it, this is why the Bills Chiefs matchup is gonna be sick. These are two teams who are feeling it right now, who basically cannot do any wrong, and it's just gonna be a gut punch to see who wins this game. I think
0: this was I think Mahomes and Andy Reid had obviously a lot to do with this, but like I think this is like a hey, did you see what Josh Allen did yesterday? Oh, everybody's gonna be all up on the Bills. Hey, guess what? We can do that We're too. We're still here. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, that was, uh, it was pretty nasty. He was slinging it all over the place. Yeah. doing some of those classic Mahomes throws that have kind of been missing this year. He's tried them this year. They've been picked off. They've not, they've not looked good. He looked, he looked like old vintage Mahomes here. So yeah, he's going to be playing Josh Allen this week and the bills at Arrowhead. This is going to be a killer matchup. Can't wait for yeah, that one. It's, it's going to
1: be sick Invaunted. Arrowhead Stadium. Vaunted
0: Forget. Arrowhead. That's right. Vaunted, Vaunted Arrowhead. And then uh, <laughs> last night's game, woof. The Cardinals, woof. Uh, Spike. They are who buzz, we thought they were. Woof. Yeah, <laughs> woof. Good grief. Um, Rams Rams look damn good. I, I don't know if that's just the Cardinals looking that bad or if the Rams looking that good or or both. I don't know what Honestly, to credit it's a combo. really, but the Rams defense looked incredible. The offense was efficient. Uh, Stafford only threw the ball 17 times, you know, whatever. He looked fine. He looked looked good enough. He looked good enough to get the monkey off his back and get that playoff win. So good on them. Cardinals, they've got some soul searching to do here. I don't know if it's a personnel issue, coaching issue. If it's psych psychological, I don't know, man.
1: I mean, you talk about psychological, that's a coaching issue. Like it should never be a psychological thing, especially with the people in the field. The coaching staff's job is to get you prepared, and they did not look prepared. You could say that the entire second half of the year. They did it again. You know, they didn't have the same epic collapse of six and two to two and six, because they gave themselves a little bit more of a buffer so that they could lose a few more games at the end. But um this has got to be all in Cliff Kingsbury, man. I mean, he has just shown time and time again that he does not have a good second half team. And to have the time and to get the time to get ready for this game and say, okay, you start. You think you might. You didn't have DeAndre Hopkins back. You were hoping you might, but I don't know. I just think there's something incredibly wrong in the leadership there, and they're going to have to take a hard look at Kingsbury moving forward after the season. Kingsbury yeah, kind of he, failed.
0: He kind of failed upward, you know. Like and some like the joke used to be on Lane Kiffin doing the same thing, the same thing where he just kept failing upward. And I think he just kind of rode the tide of the Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan wave and Matt LaFleur when people were like real high on these young offensive offensively creative coaches. And they're like Kingsbury, he runs some crazy plays in college. Like he'd probably be great here. And yeah, not the same story.
1: He coached Patty Mahomes, it's, man. That's all he needs on his resume. He coached the, Patty Mahomes.
2: Done. It, it's funny that I was talking to some people after Brian Flores got fired. Um, and cause that sparked a whole wave of, debate about whether that was the right move for Miami or not um and people just always said like well you know obviously you finish like that but it's all about how you you know if you get off to a slow start you know it's gonna and I'm like well the, well then what about Cliff Kingsbury yeah and look Cardinals? at the flip side Is that worse <laughs> would you yeah would you rather have the opposite yeah, well, where no, you have high hopes and just fail? right would you rather f- have a team that wins what like eight of its last nine games to I mean, yeah, they missed the playoffs this year, but depending on how strong the AFC is, whatever. Or would you rather have a team that starts off nine and zero and gets destroyed in the wild card round? Like it's it's yeah. just it, it it you have to look at it both ways because I know the Brian Flores thing, but like Ethan said, like they got to look at Cliff Kingsbury because two years in a row for that to happen like that might be enough in the NFL. It's, it's just, it's, it should be enough in the NFL. Yeah. They're already
0: talking that. about Mike McCarthy. They're already, he's already in the hot seat. Oh, He's gone. Like, okay, he's gone. Let's you know, be honest. He's one, gone. you know, Dave, David, David Cully in Houston got the ax when he, his quarterback got taken out from under him. He's been there one year. I mean, it's like, I don't know. There's no, there's no patience this year in particular. There's no patience. I don't, I don't see how Kingsbury can make it through after these two seasons, but I don't know. I don't and know
1: honestly, well, and he's supposed to be a quarterback guy. Do you guys think Kyler Murray has gotten better? Like, don't get me wrong, he's an incredibly he's an incredible talent, but has he gotten better in the past two seasons? I don't I mean, think so. Good, I still feel like he he's, took a good jump you know, he's playing on, his on rookie year.
0: He's playing on talent, you know.
1: Yeah, I just yeah, I, I don't no. see no, it. And if you're the head coach and you have the number have one better. pick, his weapons have gotten better, but he hasn't. I mean, maybe right. slightly like was, <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, you're
0: I right think. you're right. If you're the if you're the head coach and you have that guy on your team, your your job is to make him a superstar, especially when you're a former quarterback, you're an offensive-minded guy. Like that should be right up your alley. If you're mm-hmm. if you're responsible for the Patrick Mahomes phenom, like if you're truly responsible, if that matters that you coached him in college and he became what he became in part because of you. Do it again with Kyler who's every bit as talented as Mahomes, you know? Exactly. Every bit as talented so. and yeah, I'm not seeing it either. I'm with you there.
1: It'll be interesting to see what oh. happens in Arizona. Brian Flores to Arizona coming out.
2: <laughs> it might just be a classic case of, and I've, you see it happen all the time, You know, a college talent just makes a coach look so good, and then the coach loses that talent, and they are not good anymore. Like It could yeah. just be that, honestly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we've it's seen it a lot many times. We've seen it a lot. Oof. Uh, Urban Meyer this year. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Urban Meyer. Almost, yeah, almost made it through an episode without talking about old herbs. Old herbs. All right, so here hear the matchups coming up this week in divisional round. We get the Bengals traveling to take on the Titans in Nashville. That's going to be the first matchup on Saturday. We get the Niners heading to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Should be That'll another be great matchup. That's going to be Saturday be evening. Sunday, we get the Rams going to Tampa to take on the Bucks. These are going to be hard to pick. I'll just say that and the bills of the chiefs Sunday night. This is, this is a nice set of games. That's a good slate. I'll just say this is, this is a great slate. I'm pretty yeah. stoked about that. So we'll get Which into crazy. our picks for these next on uh Thursday, but, but yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just kind of crazy. You see like a bills chiefs who was the AFC championship game last year and, the, and they're in the divisional round. It's like, Holy cow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Christmas come early. It's uh, that's yeah, no yeah, pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Um, we did not recap our do-it bets last week.
2: Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. No.
0: Do so it. So I think the audience needs to hear how all this shook out. Yes. It came down I mean, to the wire. People,
1: it did come down, which it shouldn't have, but it did. Because people need to know. People want to know this do-it bet of the season. So I'll do a quick recap know. of what our do-it bet was this season. So Kemp and I, uh, you know, we obviously did our preseason rankings. Mm-hmm. and. um you know, we had a couple of discrepancies on who we thought should have been higher, who we thought should have been lower. So with that, we made this do it bet board saying, OK, well, you think so and so is supposed to be this high. I don't. You take him. And then on the inverse, I thought someone else should have been higher than Kemper had him. So we put those people up against them. And so we did it from the three major position groups. So we, did, we each picked a, a matchup at the quarterback position, wide receiver and running back position. So for our quarterback matchups, I had Matt Ryan, who I thought was better than what Kemper had him rated on. And originally Kemper had uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he got hurt for the season week one. So he pivoted and he switched to the Chicago uh, quarterback carousel. So it was Matt Ryan versus any Chicago quarterback playing that week, (laughs) which was interesting. The original hope was Justin
0: Um, Fields. I I was really high on Justin Fields. You loved Justin Fields. So, but that, that was the purpose of him being my fill in pick was like, I thought they would let him start earlier. They didn't right. for like a long time and then they did and he kept getting hurt. And so it just became like, this is going to be a terrible bet if we don't do some <laughs> stipulation here, it ended up yep. being like Ryan versus Andy Dalton for a lot of the season, which I didn't don't forget about Nicky Foles, Andy Dalton, <laughs> but then Nick Foles came in and won a week for me. So like it, it was a lot of different people. The, the idea was Justin Fields. You were a hater on yes. Justin Fields and I loved him. I and so that was, that was, that was kind of where it came from it, but it right. ended up being a little different, but it, it, it tell you what it ended up, It was still very very interesting,
1: very interesting. So Matt Ryan went off to a huge uh, start, huge lead, because he had a a great first half of the season. Basically through week eight, he was looking really solid, um, whereas the Chicago quarterbacks were not doing great. Once Justin Fields became the starter, he started off rough. Um, So Matt Ryan built a huge lead. Then Matt Ryan took weeks uh, 10 through 18 on bye, basically, and he's like, I'm good. I've had my season. I'm fine. So he let Chicago quarterbacks kind of creep back in. So what was at one point during the season, a 100 point lead for Matt Ryan ended up being Matt Ryan, 261.7 points to the Chicago quarterbacks being 253 points. So Matt Ryan is the ultimate champion of the quarterback do it. Bet board hats off to Matty ice. So, there we go, Cam. It, was, it did get it did get too close. I am not going to lie. Andy Dalton it.
0: came out in the last game of the season and threw for like three and a quarter. And I was yep. like, okay, 325, a touchdown or two. I was like, this could get interesting. And then Matt Ryan's Matty schedule guys, got like weirdly more difficult at the end of the season. He had Buffalo and New Orleans at the end of the year. And I was yeah. like, he's going to lay two eggs. This could
1: work. I got <laughs> a shot
0: here. <laughs> the Bears are playing Minnesota. Oh. I was like, I got a shot.
1: Well, even coming into the last game of the year, Ryan was only up, by I think, 15 or 17 points, and he needed his last garbage touchdown to pull out the win. So congrats, Matt Ryan.
0: They all count. They all count.
1: They all count. count. It doesn't matter. So, okay, moving on to wide receivers. This was the best one throughout the season. So um, I was high on Chris Godwin, and Kemper was really high on CeeDee Lamb. So they've both been talked about a lot during the season on this podcast. So. It was a fun matchup to watch. And it was in the beginning of the year, it was going back and forth. Chris started off really hot. So he took the early lead. Then CD came back, had a monster game against the Patriots of all teams, of course. Uh, So it was literally going back and forth. Obviously, unfortunately, uh, Chris got hurt for the last three games of the season. So that, that was a bummer to see, but. So did CD.
0: CD got uh, a bruised ego. I don't yes.
1: Know what <laughs> His ego disappeared. So uh, Chris had built up a little bit of a lead once he went down, but just left the door open for CD to come and take it. So the final tally Chris Godwin ended up with 222.9 points, and CD Lamb, 200 and 11.7 so chris godwin took it from cd cd was not on una- it was cd was not able to capitalize on those three goose eggs to end the year so hats off chris godwin was awful. my man yeah. your team hats off to him it was awful. all right i will i will bad.
0: very quickly recap that matt ryan finished his quarterback 21 on the season so i think <laughs> in that regard i was definitely more correct but the bears spot, just were uh, such a dumpster spot, fire uh. didn't matter yeah <laughs> And then yes. um Chris Godwin through I did these rankings through 16 weeks because I didn't want to count the the week 17 uh or I guess through 17 weeks I don't want to count that week 18 craziness. Godwin finishes wide receiver 10, CD wide receiver 17. So Godwin was a okay. stud.
1: He was a stud. I love that guy. Penn State or Dan. There you go. Loved him. Uh okay, going to running backs. So what started, once again, Kemper had a bear. He went with David Montgomery and I had Chris Carson cuz again in our preseason rankings, we kind of had them flip-flopped. Uh so it started off great. It was very neck and neck. I, I use that term loosely because of Chris Carson, but it was very close um, <laughs> through soon. the first four weeks of the season too soon. Then Chris Carson had no neck for the rest of the year. So he went out and Dave Montgomery was hurt, too. So they both they had pitched five goose eggs in a row for us. So we're like, OK, this is stupid. Um, and then I learned Chris Carson was out and Montgomery's going to come back. So I conceded saying, OK, you know, Carson's done. David Montgomery wins that matchup based on that Chris Carson can't play. So I conceded and said, camp, you can get that, but let's pivot. So we can at least have another running back duo going. So we both agreed. All right. Well, we just have uh, our two starting running backs from our fantasy team. So I had da- uh, Dalvin cook. So I was like, okay, salad camper. Of course had uh, Simba himself, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. So that was also unfortunate for me because of course, right when we started that bet, that's when Jonathan Taylor went on his murder row. Um, so <laughs> yeah, the once again, the week you made the bet, I think. The f- it was the third week we had the bet going. I was like, well, yeah, but okay. So the Some first week ratio. he had 35, 25, 54. So uh, that was over pretty quick as well. As we know, Dalvin Cook got hurt again, had it COVID. And so Kemper won both running backs. Uh, so remember when Dalvin two. Cook's
0: best week happened in the week that we weren't going to count? Week 14, that was not And The monster funny game. thing is...
1: It was a monster game, yet still was like Jonathan Taylor's fourth best game, which is hilarious. True, but anyway, true.
0: Even if we had counted it, it
1: wouldn't have mattered. So our technical season-long do-it bet board was tied as I won quarterbacks and wide receiver, whereas Cameron won both running backs, <laughs> both running backs as we pivoted. So it was great. It was two. Fun to watch all season. Needed a tiebreaker here. We did need a tiebreaker. So what was our tiebreaker?
0: So we looked at. I kind of made this up because it <laughs> in my favor. But we we also had weekly do a bet so we were going on. All right. So you saw those. And I, I got out to an early lead here and I was like, I'm just gonna crush these. And then Ethan won like four in a row. And I was like, okay, now we're kind of back and forth, bobbing around. These these ended up being some ridiculous bets like coaches, kickers, all kinds of stuff. Kicker and defense. We did some fun stuff. In the end, it was tied eight to eight. And the last week of the season, we took the crappiest matchup. And pick four players from it. We had the Washington football team against the New York Giants, and we drafted. And if you listened, you heard this <laughs> sleeper pick in the third sleeper, pick. I took garbage. I took Joey Sly, kicker for the Washington football team, and uh, so really bad. screwed you with that pick, didn't I? Because in the yeah. end, I won that do it bet by two points. By and two Joey points. Sly had twelve
1: freaking kicker of course i had two quarterbacks i had both you did had had both quarterbacks
0: yes i had a guy <laughs> yeah. who i don't even know if he played cam sims i'm not even sure he was on the field uh terry mclaurin had the big week of pretty much everybody and everybody yep. else sucked saquon you had saquon and Devontae booker both sucked terry mclaurin had a great game joey sly 12 points joey Came sly was mvp
1: oh my god he was so mvp dumb. so, so dumb.
0: then i win the weekly do it bets nine to eight, so I'm the champ. That's a tiebreaker.
1: You're the tiebreaker. I'll give it to you. Well done. That's sir. A tiebreaker. Do it. You did it.
0: So good job. Did it. Did it. Bacardi and Cola. Do it. Did so it. we got to come up with a punishment for Ethan. We do. What do you get for losing this bet? We asked the uh, asked the audience at the very beginning of the season. We got a couple of recommendations. Had one that was uh, get a tramp like stamp to take of, the ACT of my face. So one of them was uh, take the ACT. <laughs> yep, we had a couple of good ones there. So, Dan, you got any suggestions, any good punishments that you've been a part of that you think Ethan you'd love to see Ethan do?
2: So I got a few. Yeah, I do love... So of what course I, he has a few, what I, of course. What I, I just have a couple good ones. So what I do love is, yeah, you have to take the SAT, but then you have to tell everybody your score. Um, Absolutely. That's always I, a
0: good one. In fact, I think you have to take it until you reach a certain score. Like we would oh, we set a score <laughs> that you have to reach.
2: <laughs> um. I don't want to kill the guy. Uh, that's I mean, that's th- but that that's always a good one because it's just three hours on a Saturday morning. Like, I <laughs> mean, it. it is funny. That's all it is. And just the humiliation of walking into a room with a bunch of 16 and 17 year olds. Like, I take the <laughs> SAT. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's a good one. Um, either the uh, you can do this with a couple of different restaurants. There's like a Waffle House or like a Dunkin Donuts ones. You guys heard of those where yeah, I was uh, going to say my boy Ricky gave me a Waffle House. Yeah, one. so. Uh, let's, yeah, let's say like IHOP. I don't know what you guys have in uh in in Michigan, but like, say you walk into an IHOP, you have to stay there for 24 hours, but you get one hour off your time for every pancake that you eat. So <laughs> you can <laughs> you can either just go for it and eat get 24 out of there. pancakes and be good. <laughs> and go vomit in the or, street on your way to your car. Right. 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 Or okay. uh you could kind of break it up, maybe be there for six hours, you know, <laughs> eat, eat for an hour, like whatever. Or I guess okay. yeah, eat three eat three an hour. Uh you could do the same thing with like Dunkin' Donuts, o fish at McDonald's, I've heard. Oh, oh that would be brutal, oh, oh, That's bad. That's bad. Yeah, I think that they're using that on death I think they're using that on death row right now. Uh, but, uh Okay. I mean, those those are like so some of the best. Cutting Before, up recently, mic, We're cutting
1: his mic off, and <laughs> yeah, actually,
2: one more that I think would be great for Ethan with this whole TikTok, uh, this whole TikTok craze. I've seen a lot of people because obviously fantasy football season just ended, so I've seen a lot of like punishment TikToks and stuff. You have to do TikTok dances every day until an NFL team comments on the video. Oh. He's so, starting
0: with uh, whatever wap, whatever dance there is for a wap. You're doing that. So WAP. it could be,
2: it could be one day it could blow up and you're done, or it could be, it could be some time build up some following. But that I will say,
0: Ethan's uh, Twitter following is new and very it's small. New. So he yes. would be tagging all these teams, and they would never see it. And that <laughs> sounds
1: fantastic. That could be brutal. Um,
0: that could be fun. Though. But
2: that's that's just one I've seen. So okay, TikToks. So, we'll put I it mean, out to an audience
0: ahead. vote because, uh, yeah, I wanted to shout out my boy Ricky. Sent me the same as what Dan mentioned. He said Waffle House. They have for one of his leagues. It is the Waffle House 24 Hour Challenge. 24 Waffles. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I like that one, but I do know Ethan can eat his weight in food. That guy can eat a has lot. a special talent in eating, and I don't think he'd be there that long. And I don't want to do that one. So, <laughs> I'm I'm really inclined to say TikTok, but I'm gonna let the the uh, fans vote on this one. Uh, for sure, but I'm I'm pretty certain yeah. that's where it's going to end up. A new dance every like day, that. fully choreographed.
1: Yep, right. Yeah, your wife like would do a great job choreographing. Like
2: one of like the trending TikTok dances. Oh yeah, like yeah. you got to oh, yeah. go to like the this I'll 15, throw it back 16-year-old. to Blinding Old. Lights.
1: I'll go to that. Yeah, that. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. You
2: can't just make up some random two step. You gotta and you gotta commit. Okay, you gotta have commit. have
1: you met my wife? Do you think she would just let me create a random two step? Have you met Kirsten?
0: Yeah, yeah that's true yeah That's i'm true. so hard i'm i'm gonna i'm going to highly influence this vote and make sure that the people know <laughs> <laughs> this needs to happen
1: right. well there we go listeners hear it vote for what i have to do for losing the do it bet board again it was fun the whole season long to watch these guys to to see the bet going and so we gotta do, we're got we doing that again next year we're gonna do it for, for sure next year and it was
0: yeah it was great that it came down to the wire too i really like that so yeah always added, added intrigue. Um, so, we've got a special segment here. And this is going to be if you're still in leagues or your your season's done, but you're in either a dynasty league or a keeper league or whatever. We've got a good question for you to cover here that uh, is related to keeper leagues. And Dan reached out to us with this. Said, "Hey guys, I got a I got a I'm in a I'm in a predicament here. I need some help. I've got a bunch of players, here. I got to figure out who I'm going to keep. I can keep 3 of them." Uh Dan, give us an idea of uh, the layout of your league and the roster that you've got, and we'll help you make a decision on who you should be keeping.
2: Yeah, sure. So le- just overall league structure. So I'm in a 12-man league. Um, I've been in this league for about 12 years now. So this is like my main, like, I think I started it in – I'm gonna don't want to flex my, you know, youth, but I think I started it <laughs> yeah, in seventh grade. Third grade 12 years yeah. ago. Great. Um, job, Dan. Twelve <laughs> years ago. Seventh uh, grade. But I think of like when we started, even from seventh grade, I think like we have twelve people. I think maybe like ten out of twelve are the same. So it's like always been the That's same. That's pretty guys, good. Whatever. Wow. Yeah. Um, but we do it a little bit odd. Like our league is not what mostly is looking nowadays because we're we just kept it the same way we did when we were thirteen years old and we just never wanted to change it. So um so we have like three divisions of four teams okay uh wow. <laughs> three division winners and three wild cards go to uh the playoffs so top 6 go to uh playoffs okay. bottom 6 go to losers bracket um some interesting things about our league is that probably the biggest thing scoring wise is that all touchdowns are 6 points including passing touchdowns so it makes quarterbacks in like way more valuable than, than even running backs because you're getting two extra points per touchdown pass. Um, and I think, so I think, so off of that, I think one of my keepers is almost definitely going to be a quarterback. Um Other than that, things you should know about my predicament that I'm in currently and why I reached out. So halfway through the season, um, well, I, I started out one and four and I ended up nine and five. So I had quite, I had quite the turnaround. Um, And then, so I won like seven or eight in a row or something. And halfway through that, I said, you know what? I'm going all in this year. Like I have a good chance at making the playoffs. No one is super, super strong this year. I am going to, I got to trade up and, uh, and, and find someone who's going to make, make that push uh, for the championship. Cause I'd never, I've never won the championship. I've been in it twice. Uh, and I was like, this is going to be the year. This uh, I'm turning things around. I'm looking good, whatever. So I actually, in our league, you can trade future draft picks. Like we have, oh um, I think we have people who have traded away 2023 draft picks. Oh, my God. Um, like like we have a spread, like people will be like Win a 2022 yeah. second and a 2023 third. We have like a draft lottery for like the NBA does it for the top six positions. Um, huh. But anyway, so. I traded away my my this upcoming draft's first round pick, which will probably be the um, ninth or 10th overall for George Kittle. Okay. Um, because I went to I went to my buddy. He had Kittle and Kyle Pitts. And normally you'd say, well, Kittle's probably the better play. But in a keeper league, Pitts could have a ton of value. You could have Pitts for 10 years. Um, if he gets stuff figured out with the Falcons or he gets traded or something. So he liked the outlook on on, on Pitts, and he gets a first, he'll have two first rounders, uh, but I will not have a first round pick. So um, I'm kind of, this is why it's so, I'm so, you know, it's crucial to get these three players right because I'm right. essentially going to be drafting starting in the fifth round um, because I'm, we'd start basically in the fourth round when you have the top, in theory, 36 players off the board, everyone kept. And I'm losing a whole another twelve rounds. So yep. yeah, um, okay. So you've and got I'll have the yeah. tenth pick in that round. So it's yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> It's a it's a snake draft though, right? Uh, yes. So you'll have you're giving up the uh, eighth. You say ninth, ninth. Or I tenth.
2: don't know. I, yeah, it'll be like ninth or tenth, I think. Because okay, yeah. So I'll have it's to three. wait
0: about about five picks in between there yep. to get it back. Okay, so um. I'm going to read off your lineup here real quick, just so people can have an idea of what we're dealing with. So you guys start two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and a flex. That's so a, it's a fairly standard setup. Your flex can be running back, receiver, or tight end. You have Josh Allen. You have Joe Mixon, Javante Williams in Denver, Devontae Parker, uh, DJ Moore in Carolina, George Kittle, and Tyreek Hill as your flex. Um, you've got a Jason Myers in the 49ers defense. Uh, on your bench, you've got Mac Jones, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Elijah Moore from the Jets, Tyler Higby, Mike Davis in Atlanta, and Daryl Williams in Kansas City. So um, you may have been starting more some of the season instead of Devontae Parker, I would have guessed, mm-hmm. and Higby when Kittle was injured. But for the most part, those first names I mentioned are your starters. And yeah. it's a tw- again, it's a twelve-team league. Your first three picks of the next year's draft are your keepers. So it- there's no penalty. Like, hey, I got Elijah Moore in the twelfth, and I can get him in the twelfth again. Like some leagues do that. This is just your first three picks are your keepers. It doesn't matter where you draft them the year before. You're getting them as your first three picks this year.
2: Okay. Yes. Correct.
0: Okay. Uh, I have so- I have some ideas that I think are worth at least throwing out, and then. Maybe they'll just kind of get the conversation going. If you sure. think that works, rather than just giving you like, "Hey, you should keep these three guys." Like, get I these I three guys. It's more of a discussion, done. right? It's more of a discussion. So the things that stand out to me are: it's important this is a twelve-team league because at a couple positions things get pretty scarce, it's and that thin. that makes me yeah, that makes me a little more attracted to keeping Kittle because tight ends, oh, well. the twelfth tight end is someone you may not have even heard of. It's I mean, it's bad, bad. And I've been in twelve-team leagues where I've had a stud tight end. In fact, I had two. I won a league last year with twelve teams. I had Kelsey and Waller, and I just crushed people because their tight end would be some total garbage, praying on a miracle Anthony Greg first Scurric. kind of thing. You know, yeah, Greg, <laughs> Greg Swain. It was it was just like that. Jeff Swain. It was like that. Uh, and so Jeff with Jeff with a G. It was like that. So people were Jeff just like throwing G. hail marys, you know, all season. So. Having a tight end in a twelve-team league is super important, especially when you have to start one. That's my first thought. Second, running backs are also tough. You know, if you've got to have two starting running backs as a twelve-teamer, your first two rounds in a normal draft—if this was like a total redraft—you basically have to go running back, running back in a twelve-teamer. Because by the time it gets back to you, you're looking at Miles Sanders as your number one running back. That is a problem. Um, and then quarterbacks too. You got to look at—you got to look at quarterbacks. So we say in a ten-team league, quarterback like I would wait we we both Ethan and I talked about like just wait on quarterback don't jump on it there's there's there are 10 superstar starting quarterbacks 12 a little bit different you know maybe maybe now you're looking at Kirk Cousins Ryan Tannehill and and you're not so confident you know um but there are there are at least 10 12 maybe not quite you and you may have to stream a little bit you may have to double down and get two of them and hope hope one of them totally takes off so those are my initial thoughts on just overall the structure of your league. I have,
2: yeah, I have sort of an idea um, about, you know, maybe not. I, I guess I have a better idea of maybe what positions I want to keep, but less about who in those positions I want to keep. Because... So the biggest <laughs>
0: question, yeah, the biggest question mark is Javante Williams in Denver. Yeah. And you're kind of like, are they going to, are they going to heat Melvin Gordon for another year or is he out? And if Williams becomes the one, I himself, like that changes the entire question for me. Yeah, you know, right. But you have to make a decision by Super Bowl, right? You're supposed to. Yeah, we're our, supposed our to have or a trade or something.
2: Yeah, we're supposed to have him pretty soon. Um But
1: Camp, if, the thing if, that Dan, if you don't mind me jumping in, I kind of wanted to counter please. your point on on tight end. The and the, the reason I'm saying is, all right, how many tight ends do you think would be kept? Okay, there are probably five. Who, so it's, it's going to be probably Mark Angels will be kept. Travis Kelsey will be kept. I mean, after that, okay, so he's obviously got Kittle, who would be a potential candidate, maybe a Darren Waller. Obviously, he was hurt this year, so that kind of hurt him. I mean, it's not like, like a Dalton like Schultz, maybe Pitts. So that's yeah. – I'm looking at like four or five. Five. Okay. So then I'm just wondering like if you really – I don't know. I just I'm not necessarily sold on keeping Kittle because as we talked about, like I know tight ends are such a wasteland, but we talk about drop off. I'm just wondering if you would want to keep, you know, a Tyreek Hill, Javante Williams over someone like a Kittle just because they could have potential more value going forward. And it's not like as soon as the draft starts, when the keepers are all done, everyone's going to be grabbing a tight end. I don't think that's going to be happening. Yeah, well, you I don't might know. even I don't know, maybe. Maybe. They might I mean Dan tell us it.
0: what is what does the fourth round usually look like? Is it quarterbacks and tight ends or is it the superstar players and the fifth round
2: is like fill out your roster? Um yeah, I mean if say for instance I didn't keep Kittle, he would probably be like one of the first few picks in the fourth round. Because everybody I mean, a lot of people are gonna keep if you running backs and a receiver. Two running right. backs and a yeah.
0: receiver or a quarterback, running back, receiver, or, or a, a quarterback and two running backs. Or right.
2: Right. Except for those five tight ends you named. So it is. The kid'll finish a tight end
0: three, if you remember, Ethan. And he missed like I do you know three three or four games, you know.
2: Yeah. I do. Um, but it is definitely like a top tight end. I won't I won't have the opportunity to take a top tight end. With that with especially with me, even if I didn't have was wasn't missing my first round pick. The fact that a a Kittle would drop to nine in this first round, it it wouldn't happen. So um, let me ask you
0: this. If you if you were to so you talk about there's sort of like this understanding about injuries and trades and the ability to change your keeper at some point. Would it would it work to the extent that if Melvin Gordon got traded and you didn't keep Javante, you could go back and keep Javante, do you think? Or is that going to be asking a little too much?
2: Let's let's say Yes. Let's say yes for this for the for the for this just sake. for the sake of argument.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah. Let if that is that, the man. case, then my so vote I know
2: COVID also makes things tough too. True. So we all know my,
1: Kemper, my vote, loves, Kemper loves contingencies. He loves them.
0: I love a contingency. You gotta know all your <laughs> options, right? So my vote then, if you think you could pull that off, my personal vote is to keep Mixon, Tyreek Hill, and Kittle. And if Melvin Gordon gets traded later in the offseason, you go back and you throw Tyreek Hill back in the pool, and you take Javante Williams. So you got Mixon, Williams, and Kittle again. That's that's strictly based on my my belief that running back is hard to to nail in a twelve teamer, and tight end is as we've talked we've we've talked about tight end enough. I would say you get two at that point. You'll have two what I would say are top ten or top fifteen running backs, and a top five tight end. That's a huge advantage in this kind of a league. Josh Allen's going to be gone by the time you come back for the fifth. Right. But again, I, I I do think personally do think there's enough depth at quarterback that I would be fine rolling the dice with two guys. You'd have to get two of them probably because just like this year we had, we had Joe Burrow and Jalen hurts in like the 10th plus rounds, like 12th rounds, you know, and, and Ethan got Tom Brady in the 10th, you know, and I'm not saying like that won't happen again next year, but I think there will be somebody that you're kind of like, yeah, I'd be okay with him. Um, and I'll tell you right now, you're gonna laugh at me, Ethan. But your second quarter, your second quarterback could be Justin Fields, and just see what happens, you know, he could be next year's Jalen Hurts. Just style of yeah. play, and you know, uh, another year under his belt if he can stay healthy. You get somebody solid that's like a pocket passer, like Kirk Cousins, and then Justin Fields, and you'd be okay. Not gonna kill yeah.
2: you, right? I, I mean, mean, so your argument is, Ethan. Yeah, you can you can chime in, please. I mean, I think
1: we're <laughs> in agreement that it'll. You, two of them are Joe Mixon and entire Kill. I think we can all agree on that, yes. I I think
0: so, but only if only if contingency um, you can get Javante Williams back later. Yeah, truthfully. Okay. I just look yeah. at I just look at positional advantages. That's that's kind of where I go with that.
2: Hmm. It's it's. So my question is: All right, if I let if I let Josh Allen go who, again, is probably the top performer on my team because, I mean, the five touchdown passes he threw would have been 30 points right there because Mm -hmm. they're six points each. Like, if so there's a keeper league, so let's look five years down the line.
1: That's true, too. Do you feel better about me
2: having Josh Allen in five years or Joe Mixon? Because if Josh Allen can put up, be the top performer on my team for five years... Like, I'm not going to get him back ever if I let him go.
1: And I'm not uh, saying it's
2: it's right or it's wrong. Yeah. But but just I for think, the sake uh, of argument.
1: Well, for the sake of argument, um, honestly, when I first looked at your team, just gut impulse, I said, Josh Allen, Joe Mixon, and Tyreek Kill. That was what my gut first told me when I was looking at this lineup with Kittle being the wild card. But I don't know. I just... <clears throat> It makes me hard. Only because I was a little sourdough on Kittle this year, because I had him and then obviously he was hurt. Then I, I traded him away. And then of course I trade him. Then he has the good games. But man, I just it's hard for I me to pass.
2: It's hard for me to
1: pass on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dynasty it's hard a for me to story. With, for sure. uh,
2: with Mac Jones and Elijah Moore and like these young players, like I wish this we had just done a dynasty league. Yeah. And I had I drafted Amon Ross St. Brown, like Thirteenth, fourteenth round, and then I let him go eventually. Obviously, but um, it's just I know three. Uh, that's just why. If this were five keepers or six, like, keep half the team. Um, great, but I know it's so. I mean, we're basically focusing in on Allen Mixon, Williams, Kittle, and Tyreek. I mean, that is that is an agreement. Yes, those yes. are the five that you're looking at. Three out of those five.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and truthfully, I don't think you can go wrong. Any three that you pick out of those five, I don't think you. Like you gotta just make a call and no regrets. This is what yeah. I'm doing. I don't you think mean, you can go wrong. Even and I and I had probably the most obscure of those three together, taking potentially Javante Williams and Kittle mm-hmm. instead of Tyreek and Allen. You know, I think I yeah. like I said. I think I would start with Tyreek or Allen, either one, Mixon and Kittle, and then say, hey, if I can get Javante as a, if Melvin leaves, right. he's he's a number one right. running back. Like I think you're that's a big advantage for you, but.
2: All right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's already, already, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm thinking, thinking a little bit differently about this. So that is, it's been good. Let me, let me mention this. So here are the, here are
0: the top nine (laughs) quarterbacks this season, and these, these could all be keepers, right? Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts. I'm fine with any of those guys starting for my team next year, right? Like we can probably all agree on that. That's nine. Um, Number 10 was Kirk Kirk Cousins. Here are three other guys to make it 12 quarterbacks for you that you would feel really good starting. Here are three other guys that didn't finish in the top 10 this year because of injury. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. That's 12. So you're going to tell me someone's going to take, is someone going to take their second quarterback before you get a shot in the fifth round? But let's say, I don't think so. I know there's well, a drop say, off from Josh Allen to Jalen Hurts. I get that, but yeah. like I'm fine starting Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson next year. Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow. I'm fine so starting any of those guys. These these are rankings based on fantasy points. Yes, yes, those are based on fantasy points, and we play in a six six point touchdown league for quarterbacks okay. as well. Okay, that's where they that's where they landed, and so mm-hmm. Kyler finished at 11th. Lamar 15th and Wilson 16th. But those are obviously all because of injury. Kyler missed three games. Lamar missed four. Russell missed three. I would take any of those 12 guys as a starting quarterback next year and not, not even blink. I mean, Jalen's maybe the one you're kind of like, eh, I mean, some of his was like sort of garbage time, soft schedule, but the rushing upside's huge for him. Oh,
2: okay. Ethan, you got any
1: uh, rebuttal or <laughs> adding on? I that? mean, the thing is, like, which is interesting, because I I tend to wait on quarterbacks. Kemper knows this. I've I've never had like a a top three rounds drafted quarterback. I'm always eighth, ninth, tenth. Find the value there, um, and that's where I got Tom Brady this year. And he obviously was swick, uh, swick, sweet, sick, swick a combination. Swick. Ooh, swick, man, watch swick. it. But I don't know. Just for whatever reason my gut is telling me so you know of those 10 guys that camera just listed on the on the top 10 you got to figure i'm thinking like eight eight of those are going to be kept i'm that's that's what my gut is saying from the team i don't know if maybe a a guy has two of those quarterbacks but which would be insane so if eight of those are kept you still got and if you don't keep josh allen so you got four people who will still need a quarterback i just feel like they're going to be gobbled up pretty quick you don't have that first rounder They'll say, okay, so eight are already gone.
0: You're going to get the last option of those 12, but those, I think all 12 of them are startable, are, are like, and not just startable, like set and it and forget startable. it startable. Set it and forget it startable. Like next just, year, you don't think there's a chance that Russell Wilson finishes in the top three quarterbacks? Lamar Jackson, top three quarterbacks. Like all of those guys have had years where they've finished they finished top five but Russell,
2: Wilson, But Russell Wilson versus Josh Allen in the Keeper League where you're looking long-term.
0: I'm, I guess I'm just not looking long term. Like it's not a dynasty. You know, and you're only keeping now, three dude. players. We're winning now.
1: We gotta win now.
0: Yeah, I'm not <laughs> winning. Okay, now.
2: that's why I'm on here. <laughs> not winning. Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> not yeah. Winning I now. mean,
0: that's that's kind of why I like the running backs because they're they've only got so many years. Like I, I think like another. You're acting as if there will never be another Josh Allen or there will never be another Russell Wilson in the league. Like some somebody who's nobody now, like Mac Jones or Jimmy Garoppolo or Trevor Lawrence or. Trey Lance or Justin Fields, like one of these guys is going to be a superstar at some point. These, these quarterbacks will be replaced by the next wave of guys, you know? And I get you're like you're year to year, like yeah, it'd be great to have Josh Allen, just not have to worry about your quarterback for the next 10 years. I get that. But what if you do have well, to worry yeah. about it? And just pick up a different guy.
2: Right. I guess my concern is like, if you want to talk, compare like Josh Allen and Javante Williams, like Javante Williams, Josh Allen is proven, right? It just in the league, he's been there. Javante Williams has had a good year but he's also a running back and we don't know if he's going to get hurt, like, or just underperform next year, whatever. Like, that's just like, and I'm not necessarily saying like I, when I came on here, I was thinking, yeah, probably the same Allen Hill. And then either Mixon or Kittle. Um, you've definitely got me thinking now about not keeping Allen and just, and because of the value of two good running backs, um, I mean, I and then Tyreek or Kittle whatever, but
0: for me so Mixon is the is the most lock it in for me because you got to have a stud running back. You got to have a top teamer. running back. Yeah, you got to have him. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think that's an agreement. He's there. <laughs> he's yeah. there. I think he's on well, team favorite.
2: Joe Mixon.
0: Yeah, Joe Mixon is back. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan no longer hates him apparently. <laughs> oh no, I yeah, still hate I him. Say, Don't get me wrong.
1: He will never be on my team, but I
0: This team sounds like your team actually. Mixon and Kittle, it sounds like a team you would have
1: for sure. It is a my team. But it'd be their off year. <laughs> right, so it's the, like, oh, there it is. So
2: the yeah. overall, just the, I think just the overall question is Allen or.
1: You're saying Williams. Oh, I'm or saying you're saying That's me, though. You're,
2: you're yeah. saying, you're saying Allen. Oh, uh, Ethan, is anyone, would you take Kittle over
1: Allen? I wouldn't. Just because, I mean, we talked about Josh Allen this year, actually, just the last episode, how in his complete season, almost, or can't correct me if I'm wrong, all of them were over twenty plus points, and then he had the most over twenty five or something. He had like that. Four,
0: fourteen of his sixteen games,
1: the first sixteen that he played, here's, were over twenty points, and that's that was the most of any quarterback. Thing. He is not going to get you any duds of a week. He is not, not going to ever lose it's you. Definitely, a week. Possible. <laughs> it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. He didn't have one this week. I mean, this year. All I'm saying is like his ceiling is so high, and yes, he does have a floor, but I don't, his floor. Isn't going to be what kills you in a week. George Kittle, he was very streaky this year. He had he lost people some championships this year because of how he finished. He had those two, three games in there which got them into the playoffs. And they're like, okay, I'm banking on this guy, getting me 20. And then he threw five point game. Four six point games. Yeah, game. it's two four point games. Yeah. Like I was kicking myself because I could traded Kittle for Dalton Schultz and there were other people in the deal. But at the end of the season, Dalton Schultz finished stronger in the playoffs. And again, I'm not saying that's always going to happen, but I just I just don't trust put my faith in a George Kittle over when I can have a, the top tier Josh Allen. I just feel like ah, I don't know. There's just something about it that I would just want to have that security blanket of Josh Allen.
2: Yeah. So the, so the tight end I went with most of the year until I
1: traded up for Kittle was Tyler Higbee. And I
2: could probably get him again just knowing what I know about who people are going to keep and how the first right. round of the draft is going to go. If I was could tied Higby, in eighteen. If I could get Higby again instead of Kittle, like I don't keep Kittle, I get Higby again. Is that you think that that's
1: good enough? Like to I think Higby's Kittle? good enough.
2: Like it, he's so obviously I get not going to gonna keep have like Allen and Tyreek and Joe Mixon or Allen and Joe Mixon and Javante, and then I throw Higby instead of Kittle. That's that is a fair substitute
1: in mine. But I know Kemper's kind of disagreeing with me here. I just think. The pain I don't on know. Kemper's face. That's a I'm looking the through Kemper the list of tight ends, honestly. I, don't get, I know tight ends are wasteland. Uh, I get that. I do. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. To go from, we talk about tiers and quarterbacks. It's Josh Allen and Patty Mahomes as tier one. Then you have a slight drop off where you got your Brady's, you got your Rodgers, you got, I guess Stafford was up there this season, and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And then it drops down to tier three. You're probably getting tier three, tier four at that point. And yeah, tight end, there's tier one and tier garbage. And then like so I don't know. I just feel like there's the safety of Josh Allen, his huge ceiling, his not such a bad floor. And don't get me wrong, Kittle has a great ceiling, but his floor can be bad. Um so I just think it kind of evens out if you can get a solid, serviceable tight end, which I think you will be able to get.
2: Are are we are, are we overthinking this? I'm just yes. trying to think like Moneyball. <laughs> yeah. mo- just like Moneyball it. George Kittle, 8.6 points per game this year. Josh Allen, 26.9 points per game. You like, got to look
0: at it in comparison to Q, the position group.
2: QB rank is second for Josh Allen. Uh, you got to look at points points
0: over two. replacements, which you got to look at. I think you got to look at points over replacements. So if you didn't use... Right, you say you know Josh Allen, Allen gets... 26 in the, like like um, Jalen at the bottom of that list is like 23, you know? Right. I mean, my, my like back, my backup difference.
2: was, was Mac Jones, 15.2 points per game, 22nd QB. Yeah. Which is, a, which is, which yeah. is a, actually a good backup in this league to have Mac Jones.
0: Yeah. But you, you would be looking at yeah. Allen versus who you could get as the 12th quarterback. And if I listed Jalen, Kyler, Lamar and Russell Wilson, how, how much higher was Allen than those guys? Um, uh, it, it may me, still make sense, you know?
2: Yeah. Let me look up, let me just check Lamar real quick, but, uh, uh lamar is fourth 21.6 points per game so there's a five five point point drop eight or nine yeah the Uh, five point
0: difference is substantial i'd say
2: so but i mean lamar yeah i doubt lamar's gonna get dropped either so if we're looking down at
0: hertz or whoever that's hey somebody yeah uh, someone's
2: got to someone's got to get dropped
0: you know yeah unless everybody else keeps the quarterback which is fine then allen's just sitting out there and you get him in the fifth (laughs) (laughs) you get him right back (laughs) that's true (laughs) it was like i'm not gonna take josh allen the fourth if i already got you know tom brady like i don't know
2: yeah no it's it is definitely a different way of thinking about things so i think you'll be
0: fine either way can't go wrong you got you got five studs on that team yeah, and I can go
2: wrong. I once kept Allen Robinson over DK Metcalf the year Ooh. before DK really popped off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've gone wrong. twenty twenty. Right. All right, so hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think your safest play is Allen Mixon Hill. That's the safest play, knowing that, is the safest. that you know what their role will be and you know what they can produce. That's the safest play.
2: Yeah. That um, is safest. Javante
0: Williams is the next most interesting because of. The situation, if Melvin's gone and you got two stud running backs, that's that's huge. And then Kittle, I think, yeah. is just an advantage over over the the um, other players. But if you don't think it's a huge advantage, don't do it. There are other names on that list that you could get, like Dallas Goddard or Zach Hertz in Arizona, Gesicki, Dawson Knox. Like There's a bunch of tight ends that are fine. And we'll have some big games, too. Um, Hawkinson, Fryermuth, Waller coming back if he comes back. There, I mean, there are plenty of names out there that you could look at at tight end. And if you don't think Kittle is yeah. a difference maker, then I wouldn't keep him.
2: Our our keepers, once we put them in, uh, it it won't be until early, probably probably around draft time. But um, they they'll, they all become public knowledge. So once I know who is on the board, still, I'll have to hop back on, and we can have a uh, a sequel episode. Okay, and, good. Uh, <laughs> good. A follow I'm, up plan and plan and plan this thing out in the in you know eight eight months from now, seven months from now, but, Good. uh, there we go. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait, can't wait. Yeah, March but no, this is uh Oh man, come on here. And I'm like, what are you guys? <laughs> you guys are like two opposite opinions. And I'm like, that's how wait? we often are. Yeah.
0: We don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't help I anybody settle a debate. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: it. We got two thirds of love it. it. It's just that last, that's final third, you know, just that final. Yeah. Third. Yeah. That's
0: right. Fantastic. All right. That's e, cool. we, let's talk about our NFL.com playoff challenge rosters real quick here. This came out pretty interesting. We ended up with a lot of the same players, but different strategies. I'll give you my lineup first and tell you my rationale real quick, and then I want to hear yours. So I start out with Patrick Mahomes. The fact that he had an extra game, meaning he's not on a bye this year, that made a big difference for me. So only one team got a bye. It was the Packers and the Titans. Um, So I think the Chiefs have as good a chance as anybody to make it to the Super Bowl. I want Mm -hmm. a player who's going to make it all the way. Mahomes is a super stud. If they ball out like they can, they could be in the Super Bowl. So give me my homes. I took Derrick Henry because I think he's the best running back in the playoffs in general. And I think the Titans as a one seed, I'm going to get double points next week. I know I got zero this week. I'm going to get double points next week, hoping they can beat the Bengals, at least get them two games into my my team here. See what happens. Uh, I took A.J. Dillon of Green Bay, and I, really, I went back and forth between him and Aaron Jones. For whatever reason, I just have this vision of them pounding the rock with A.J. Dillon just bruising people, hurting people in the ice cold, uh, green Bay, the tundra up there. And I think that, um, maybe they've kept him a little fresh for the playoff run. We'll see. I got Devontae Adams, same rationale as Derek Henry. You get double the points this week. And I think green Bay has got the best shot to make it out of the NFC. And he's a, he's a total difference maker. Uh, one of the best receivers in the playoffs. I went Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey for my next two slots, wide receiver and tight end, uh, again, difference makers, on a team that gets to play an extra game in the playoffs. I will take that. And then I'm, I'm going pretty heavy on green Bay. I got Mason Crosby and the green Bay defense. I think green Bay and the NFC is a clearer picture for me on who's going to make it out. Uh, now after the games this weekend, I'm getting a little more nervous, but uh, yeah, I like green Bay's chances to make it out. It's especially considering every game has to go through green Bay.
1: OK, uh, yeah, we did have some uh, some similarities in our lineup, which does make sense. So I, too, uh, went with Patty Mahomes as a quarterback for everything you said. Um, the extra game, the fact that he wasn't on bye, it's just kind of money in the bank. When to tell you the truth, I between him and the Bills, this is going to decide, I think, who comes out of the AFC. I'm sorry to your Titans. Uh, Tighten so up, saw- baby. <laughs> Tighten up. This one was where I kind of went a little cute and I'm kind of regretting it. Um, so I went with Joe Mixon as my running back. The reason being, I'm like, OK. I I wanted a guy who was playing from the get go. I liked the matchup he had against the Raiders, who was one of the worst or one of the lesser defenses against the run. So I thought, okay, he could have a big week one, get me up to a good start. I'll get him for double points when they get the win in the second round, and maybe he can sneak out a win or whatnot. So I was getting a little cute here. He obviously did not have a great uh, opening round, which hurt. He's still in it, so he's still getting double points for him for whatever he does against the Titans. So. I was a little disappointed in the fact that he did not get me onto a bigger start so that was that was disappointing this too was disappointing but it is still alive. Uh, I went with Leonard fournette because I honestly thought he was they had activated him I thought he was gonna be ready for that first round matchup against the Eagles and I thought he he could be a difference maker for them. I learned uh, a little late that he was not gonna be playing he was actually not active for the game um, and I was unable to get him out of there so He's still in my lineup. Right, he gets you double I, points this week. He will not get me double pick. points. So essentially it's like you're hit, You have AJ Dillon. I got Leonard Fournette. They both didn't play last week. So yep. I get double points this week for hopefully when he does play. So it, it was more of a stash, I guess. I just, again, was hoping to get some more points out of the gate. So that was a little disappointing, but he yep. still could be a good play. Uh, I too went with Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. Tyreek, because again, same with Patty Mahomes, get the extra week in there and they're going to be around for a while. And Devontae Adams, even though he sat there, they, they could be a favorite coming out of the nfc uh also went with travis kelsey because why wouldn't you at the tight end position and he's the best in the yeah. position of, of the playoffs and they're going to go far i went with a way different kicker screw you mason crosby i went with ryan Suckup of the bucks so i'm going a little buck heavy for you instead of your your pack yeah. heavy so, you're hedging the um, hedging the bucks and packers there i like it exactly i figure one of those two will come out and hey just like your boy uh with the washington football team logan sly i'm hoping Ryan Succo could be the difference maker.
0: Logan Sline. And is that what you call him? Logan Sline? <laughs> Logan Sline. Uh, Logan Sline. The... Joey Sly is upset. Joey about
1: Sly. It. Did I say Logan Sline? Jeez. Logan Sline, like, you, know, you did. Because you want to know why? We were talking tight ends, and in my head I was thinking, well, Logan Thomas is out there, but he tore his ACL. So I had Logan in my head. <laughs> and I don't know how I skipped over Joey, but that's all right. And, and, um, and then Sline came out of nowhere. And then Sline, just, that was just a slip of the tongue. And then uh, defense rounded out, too, I went with Green Bay just to be safe.
0: I hope Ryan Suckup gets murdered by crystal meth tweakers. I'm just saying.
1: (laughs) I hope – who is it? A.J. Dillon gets punched in the face by Mike Tyson.
0: You should have hoped that Joe Mixon mauls someone like a tiger caged up in a Vegas hotel. All right, so we'll see what happens. The first week you, you got off to a lead, and the first week I only had three guys playing. I had Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. You had all three of those plus Joe Mixon and suck up. So you've got a slight lead, but not huge. Not huge. Uh, I do get double everybody. You get double everybody next week. We'll see how it pans out. If the Chiefs and pack make it, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about my odds. And yeah. if the Titans make it, feel pretty good about that too. So we'll see if the Bucs uh, upset the Packers and I'm going to have a lot of reordering to do.
1: Let's go Bucks! There's our playoff challenge rosters. There's our playoff challenge rosters. it's been rosters. real, man. Yeah, Appreciate thanks you being for here. coming
2: on, man. Of course, of course, and yeah, I'll be back on. Uh, pencil me in for late August, early September. Uh, I'll be back on to. Uh, <laughs> we want to update. Free, we want to hear free pre draft, or if the fans, you know, are you know, fans need to demand know. me on before you know. They might. Yeah. They might. They're probably gonna go wild for this. But yeah, you know. if, if anybody's in, uh, if anybody's in my position, you know who to ask. Fire away. Fold, ask the fold in the cheese guys. Because, fold in the cheese. Uh, if they did not give me a definite three answers, they at least gave me things that I probably didn't think about. So
1: there you go. <laughs> well, we appreciate that, man. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing with fantasy. It all comes down sometimes to gut feelings and, and who you feel going forward. We can provide you with as much information as we can, and we want to provide you with the most tools for it. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's your team and who you want to ride with and who you feel good about.
2: All right. Jason Myers, Chuba Hubbard and Mike Davis. Feel Do good. It. I love
1: them. Do, Do, it. It. Locked locked it. Do it. Locked in. Locked <laughs> in mike davis All do, right, it, do I, it do it do it well uh again dan thanks for coming on kemp getting ready for some playoff action we'll do our, our our previews for the game and our pick'ems coming up next episode so as always keep on folding fold it